Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. This is the theme that I felt like the Lord had laid on my heart for the, uh, for the new year. So you're going to hear a lot about this, and, um, and it's about a reset. And, uh, and it's very interesting, too. I, I've had one of these weeks. It doesn't happen very often, but uh, like everything I touched on my computer, I lost it. Uh, everything like I tried to do, uh, like video-wise, I had to do it two or three times. I actually had a City Circle video that got uh, went discombobulated. I thought I had it saved, and it's gone somewhere out in space. Pray for me. I want to find this thing. I put a lot of time in it, and uh, but it but it just seemed like if it wasn't, uh, there was one day this week. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday when we came in for prayer. The whole internet was down all day. And, um, and so it just makes it a little, you know, challenging and, and, and stuff. And, uh, and it was just one of those kind of things. And generally what happens, you know, when that happens is I've, I'm not very technologically advanced. So generally, you know, I, I do this for everything. I unplug it, count to 10, plug it back in, right? I don't know where I learned that from. I, Alec didn't teach that to me. I'm, not sh- I'm sure Alec doesn't do that, but he's a genius and I'm old. And so, and, and so you know, I unplug it, I count to 10, and then I reboot it. And sometimes that works. And then sometimes like this week, it, it sticks its tongue out at me and says, it ain't happening. But I, want, I was thinking about this and using this theme, and it's very interesting too. Uh, I got a text from uh, Miranda and Michelle, and they're, they're at IHOP for the, you know, the, uh, they have a year-end great big uh, party with like 20,000 people at IHOP, and and uh, as they were coming in the first day, they were passing out a book by Bob Sorge. And, it, and guess what the title of the book is? Reset. And I said, well, bring me home about 25 copies of that book. So we we'll ha- should have those four families next week. And, uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with Bob Sorge, but great teacher, great, great man with a great testimony and, and so on. And, um, and anyway, this, so this thing is, I think, is resonating within the body and within many different uh, branches and streams and things that there's just a need for a reset. And uh, as I was thinking about this, you know, I'm old enough to remember and, uh, when my kids were small, I remember when the Nintendo first came out. That's how old I am. Dan was a little kid, you know, when the first Nintendo came out, and, and I remember, you know, getting that for him, and, and I remember, you know, kind of trying to play around with it, and of course, you know, there again, the kids take to it, and, uh, and it seemed like every time I tried to play it, I died so quick, 
But there was one particular time I was doing really good. I'd read some things, you know, about secrets and how to, you know, there was all kinds of little secrets. You remember that? This is the classic Super Mario Brothers for all you, you know. Actually, did you know they, they came out again this year and they said you couldn't even find it. It sold so quick and, and the classics. You know, now it's like, man, see, let me tell you, can I tell you the truth? I'm old enough to remember when Pong came out. Yeah, that was like the first video game. It had a line on the bottom that you had your joystick with a button made by Atari. And you moved your bottom thing left or right, and this white dot came at you. And the whole idea was not to let it. That's the first beginnings. And then we thought, the, we thought man, it was amazing when asteroids came out. Remember that? Man, I'm telling my age here, aren't I? And then, I, so Dan was a small kid, and he and every, every, Nintendo had came out. It was in the like '80s, mid '80s, somewhere in there. It was the hottest thing going. Listen, I always, I was, I'm a pushover. My Cassie was a a small child when Cabbage Patch dolls first came out, and we went to stores and fought for Cabbage Patch dolls. Can I, and listen, the good news is all that stuff eventually comes back. And we have a container full of Cabbage Patch dolls. And one day I'm going to be rich. <laughs> and uh, anyway, where was I at? I don't know. How did I get to Cabbage Patch dolls? Those are the ugliest, most pathetic things ever created. And people fought. There were actually fist fights in stores for these things. Uh, they would hit the shelves and people would just go nuts. And so uh, I bought Dan a Nintendo and every time I, I was doing really good playing this game for the first time, I was like getting past the first level, past the second level. I'm going really good and all of a sudden when it looked like I'm going to break through, the whole system crashed because they were good at that. And I was ticked, you know, and Dan goes, hold on, I got this. He goes over to the box. He pulls out the cartridge, blows on it. <laughs> that's like one, two, three, four, five. Six. I, I go, where did, you get, where did you learn that? He goes, that's what you do. And, and you blew on it, rubbed it, and then put it back in, and it reset it. And it worked fine until it crashed again. Because that was part of it. It was all new technology. Remember, this was, this was the beginning of the beginning. This is when home computers were just, just beginning. I mean, this was all the beginning of the beginning. And, and so it was always, always seemed like with all of this stuff, it demanded a reset. And I think Nintendo had, you know, had this whole idea right too because the one thing too about the games is no matter how bad you were as you played the game and you died and you, you would get destroyed and, you know, usually at the beginning, remember, it would be really quick, but it was, it was no big deal. You just start over. Just start over. And the gospel of Nintendo was that, you know, it doesn't matter because you can just start over. And somehow in the church, we got the gospel to where you have to, you have to meet such a high standard. And if you blow it, which all of us do blow it. Am I talking to, am I talking to real people today? 
I mean, we all blow it. Everybody fails. Everybody crashes. And if you're like one of them that says, well, I've never crashed, well, then you just haven't lived long enough then. Because everybody crashes. Everybody needs a reset. So I want you to think about these areas and, and, and as we get into it. So everything eventually crashes. We crash personally. So I was thinking about the personal crashes in my life where I just personally came to a place where I just totally, I just totally lost my way. I mean, actually, that's how I got to the gospel was, was ultimately I, I came to a point where I, I just, I said, is this it? I was a young man and I was using drugs and alcohol and abusing them and, and it was such an emptiness and darkness on the inside of me and I came to a personal crisis in my life and, and God in his infinite wisdom put the right man in front of me. His name was Glenn and Glenn at my workplace shared the gospel with me, praise God. And shared the hope of Jesus and it created in me a, 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 a quest that, that ended with Glenn coming to my house. I didn't get born again in a church. I didn't think I was good enough to go to church. All the church people I knew had such a smug self-righteousness to them. I didn't think I fit in church. My hair was down to here. My life was a mess. And I'm like, what, what could God do with somebody like me and Glenn came to my apartment with my wife and in my kitchen, we both knelt at the kitchen table and asked Jesus into our heart and Jesus gave us a reset. Amen. It was glorious. And then eventually I found my way to church, found my way to ministry, found my way to a lot of things that I never would have found the way to had I not come through that way of meeting Jesus. And so I'm, I'm here to tell you today that, that, that the gospel of Christ is, if you're, having a, if you're in a personal crisis this morning, I hope that you hear something that you'll get a hold of because I'm not, you know, I, I, I think the church should be honest and real about this. And, and can I just tell you something too? Even after coming to Jesus, I've had some personal crisis. You know, I know people preach that come to Jesus and all your problems are over. I don't preach that. I preach come to Jesus and you get a whole new set of problems. But I'd rather take these problems with Jesus than those problems without. But let's just be real. Christians crash. I know nobody here does. That's that church right up the street there. They got all these crashing Christians over there. And I hope they invite me one day to preach this over there. We have relational crisis where we crash relationally. We have family crisis. We have times where our relationships, our marriages, our, 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 our relationships with our kids just crash. And we need a reset. Some of you may be here this morning. Listen, I'm not, listen, I've been married this month in December. My wife and I celebrated 43 years. 
And we've had 143 resets. And she's waiting for 144. But that's just how it is. Relationships go through times where they just get, they get messed up. And you just need a reset. The problem is many of us wait until things are way too far gone. Then we go, you know, <laughs> I think I have a problem. What made you think that? Well, my wife moved out. Yeah, you might have a little problem. But see, maybe you're here today and you just know that things just aren't what they should be or could be, and you just need a reset. It's okay. That's the whole goal of this, this beginning year that I feel, like, I feel like there's a lot of areas that the church needs a reset. I'm talking about the Big C Church. I think the church needs a reset. Why are y'all so quiet? Not us. Yes. The church, we need a reset. We, 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 maybe it's your career, you need a reset. Maybe you're, you're, you're in something and you're wondering, what am I doing here? And if you don't have a clear idea, you should maybe stop and say, God, give me a clear vision of where I'm going and what I'm doing. Why just be satisfied? Because here's the thing, one day... Things just go on and you wake up and you go, man, look at how much time I wasted back here playing Super Nintendo when I could have been playing. I don't even know what they're playing nowadays, so I can't answer that. I, honestly, I don't know. What's, what are they playing? Xbox One. Whatever that is. See, I got no kids at home. I don't know. This, listen, this was the first Christmas you know, where I got a 12-year-old granddaughter, and I said, what do you want for Christmas? She, she always, for 12 years, well, not 12, she hasn't talked for 12. She's been talking for 10. What do you want? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. This year, she knew. And I, and I said, what do you want for Christmas? She says, I want an iPhone. You're 12 years old. Yeah, but I want an iPhone. I said, you shouldn't have an iPhone. So while I was picking out her iPhone. <laughs> it's for real. It is for real. But you see, there's, there's aspects of our life where we, we just have to come to terms with where we are. Are you with me? And so as we look at, look at this, I, I just want you to, I, this is very simple this morning. It's very simple, but I think it's very, very important. Here's some verses. If you have a Bible with you, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 5. I want, I, you were wondering, is he ever going to read the Bible? Yes, I am right now. <laughs> Life in need of a reset. Look, look at this in 2 Corinthians. The fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians is really the whole chapter is about reset. And really, if, if you think about the gospel, it's all about reset. When I, the video that you saw was a, was, a, was a blurry version of a water baptism. You know what water baptism is? It's a reset. We're going to do that the last of this month. 
So if you need to be baptized in water, and I'm thinking like tons of you are going to need this reset. Because when you come to terms with your life and you say, you know, I do need a reset. And Jesus, Jesus wants you to have a reset in every facet of your life. And a great way to do it is to get baptized in water. Now, I recommend you bring clothes that Sunday morning because it's really cold out. And the water we baptize you in is really cold. And we hold you under for a while. And some of you we hold a little longer than others. But it's all out of love. And so that's the whole purpose of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I just want to take a few verses. I'm going to read from verses 15 through 17 this morning. I think 17, 18. Here's, Here's verse 15. It says, he died for all so that those who live would not continue to live for themselves. Well, see, that's the gospel. The gospel is, a, is, the, is the gospel of, of how that we get delivered or reset from a life that we live completely selfishly and self-centeredly to a life that's focused and centered in Christ. And so Paul's writing this to the Corinthians, and he said he died. Now think about this. Jesus died. Jesus died so that you and I could have a reset. He died so that we would not continue to live for ourselves. He died for them and was raised from death so that they, he's talking about us, all of us, that we would live for him. So his death was all about a reset. Think about it. Jesus' death was about a reset. That life is, life come, when you live for yourself, it, it just is so empty and it becomes so futile and frustrating and so fruitless. And, 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 and so what he's saying is that Jesus died so that you could have a reset and he was raised. See, he didn't just die. We, cel- we just celebrated his birth. Now, Pastor Mike, you're talking about his death. Well, what we really celebrate is his ra- being raised Because when he was raised from the dead, it was the great reset. Even Jesus got a reset. Think about it. Jesus died and was buried, and on the third day, he was raised again. Shout amen, somebody. That whole resurrection was a reset. But it wasn't for him, it was for So what does baptism represent? You go down into the water, which represents the grave. The water represents you're you're burying your old life. And when you come out, it represents newness of life. Because we're raised together with him. And so this reset is, is so reflected in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus so that we would live for him. Now look at verse 16. From this time on, we don't think of anyone as the world thinks of people. I've really been meditating on this verse because you know how the world thinks about people, right? The world don't think much. And here's what the world thinks. You'll never change. Oh, come on. I've had people say, oh, you'll never change. I had people tell me, I had my own family tell me when I was young, you're probably going to go to prison. Thank you. Thanks for that support. 
will you send me cookies? It's interesting, I do go to prison. I go every Monday night. I've been going for like 18 years. I do. And I go with a message of reset. I go with a message of hope that no matter how bad it is and no matter what got you here, that God's promise is that there's a reset for you. And I don't believe like the world believes. I believe God still changes people. I believe God still saves people. So I refuse to think of people like the world thinks. The world looks at you and and looks at your past and they pigeonhole you and say, that's what you are. But can I just tell you this morning, listen to me carefully now. This is for somebody here because you are, you even you in your mind are thinking about yourself as in relation to what you've done and you see yourself in relationship to your past. But God does not see you in relationship to your past. He does not look at you through what you've been. He looks at you through who you've been created to be in him and he does not leave you there in that past and say, I guess that's what you are. He says, no, that's not what I created you to be. Come out. And he calls you out of death. He calls you out of the grave. He calls you out of bondage. He calls you out of affliction and he lifts you up and gives you a new heart and a new life in him. Wow. About to preach myself happy right there. Because that's good. That's the good news, folks. I mean, could that possibly be why people don't share the gospel? They think, what's the point? Well, the point is that we don't look at people like the world looks at people. People look at people and they go, what garbage. We look at, I look at people and I go, man, what gold. What potential. What a life. He goes on, he says, it's true that in the past we thought of Christ as the world thinks. How, did the, how does the world look at Jesus. You know, here's what the world, ask the world, do a, say, I'm, I'm interested, what do you think of Jesus? Oh, good teacher. Oh, he's a prophet. Oh, he's a good man. The world looked at him, oh, he, he started a new religion. Really? Is that how the world equates Jesus? Because they look at, the, they look at us and they go, well, he started a new religion. But even that's not really, <laughs> because look. But we don't think of Christ like the world thinks. We don't think that way now. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, stop thinking that way. Because a big part of our problem in this, and the, the thing that leads us to a place where we need this reset is because we're thinking wrong. We keep thinking like the world thinks. We keep thinking and believing like the world believes. But when you come into Jesus, you get a reset, and you get the opportunity to see Jesus as he really is. Jesus isn't a good teacher. He's the word of God made flesh. (laughs) Did I just say Jesus wasn't a good teacher? Y'all know what I mean, right? See, don't misquote me. Pastor Mike said Jesus wasn't a good teacher. But how many of you know there's one thing to be a teacher And there's another thing to be the word. You know, I've known people who were great teachers, 
but they didn't embody the truth that they taught. What's up with that? They need a reset. Listen, if you know more than you're doing, you need a reset. Oh, it got really quiet there, didn't it? I kind of slipped that in there. Didn't if you know more than you're doing, you need a reset. If your living isn't matching up to your theology, you need a reset. If you're preaching a 10-story Jesus and living in the basement, you need a reset. If you're just going to church, but Jesus isn't real and alive to you, you need a reset. If you're telling people, man, look at how messed up they are. And yet in your hypocrisy, you don't see the log that's in your own eye. You need a reset. This is about to get good up in here. And so, see, here's the thing. If we would just take the time to let Jesus reset us. And, 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 and listen to me. Quit trying to reset everybody else. You quit, you quit trying to fix everybody else. Focus on yourself. That will keep you busy right there. Say amen, somebody. Say amen, somebody. I feel like I need to get loose now and preach a little bit. Hallelujah. So here's what, here's what it says. I want you to go to verse 17. Let's go to the next one. If I can find this. The ultimate reset. So we're still in 2 Corinthians. We're still in uh, verse 5, or chapter 5. Now we're in verse 17. So I think we're not, we're not, we don't think of Jesus like the world thinks. I don't think like the world thinks. I don't believe like the world believes. I'm, I've come into this reset through the death, the life, and the resurrection of Jesus. Now here's, what, here's the verse everybody knows. Here's the one most of you can quote. Now, this is out of the easy-to-read version, I believe, right here. And uh, if you're like me, you've memorized most of what you know, like in the King James, which says, if therefore, if, any, if therefore any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. But now, here's what it says in the, in the easy-to-read version. It says, when anyone is in Christ, it is a whole new world. The, the idea of the original about whole new creature is actually the word for creation. You're a whole new creation, a whole new order of person. So therefore, the, the key is if anyone is in Christ, so there's the reset. So you come into Christ and you get a reset. That's, how, that's what salvation is. Salvation is a reset. Shout Amen. It really is. See, some, some people, listen to me, some people are thinking that the key to their life is to get more money, to get a better job, to get a bigger house, a nicer car. The whole key to life is right here. When anyone is in Christ. Because you can have the car, the house, the money, the job, and still be miserable. Wherefore, if any man is in Christ, it's a whole new world. 
I want to break out in that Disney song, A Whole New World. Is that a Disney song? I know I've heard it 3,000 times, but I've heard them all so many times watching these movies with my kids. I, I just get the movies mixed up. My, my, Terry texted me the other day, a, a gif, is that what you call it? And she, and she said, your whole life are song lyrics. I said, pretty much. <laughs> when anyone is in Christ, it's a whole new world. Now think about that. I want you to get a hold of this. Some of you need this. You need to understand that Christ is holding out for you a whole new world. Now listen to this. The old things are, say it louder. Gone. Say it with conviction. The old, all the stuff that made your life messed up, all the stuff that put your system on overload and, and put it on breakdown and put it on a crash, all the stuff that, that messed you up, all the stuff that jacked you up, all the stuff that tried to destroy you, all the stuff that tried to suck the life out of you, all of it is what? God. I just get a feeling y'all haven't, because y'all should be happy about that. All the old is Gone. Suddenly, everything is new. How many of you know this to be true? How many of you just a few years ago can, you have testimony? How many of you remember John's testimony? How that his old life brought him to the end of himself. And now look at what God's doing with him. Because why? Because everything is how many of you know, how many of you heard Nikki's story a couple weeks ago? How many of you know that, that that's the story that we all have, that everything in our life that was old, everything that messed us up and jacked us up, all that old stuff is gone. 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 And oh, suddenly everything is new. All this is from God through Christ. Hallelujah. All this is from God through Christ. So God takes all of our junk. He takes all of our stuff. And he says, this is all, all this stuff is gone. Suddenly everything is new. Can I tell you though that this is the issue and I, I, I want to get to this point and I just want to take a minute and show you that the key to the ultimate reset is this. So write this down. I didn't get this on to you version this morning. This is like hot off. Because I've been, I've been wrestling with this whole thing and how to put this together. And, and, and yet here's the, here's the meat of where I wanted to get to today in this reset. The key to reset is simple. It's two parts. Clear endings clear endings, clear endings. Everybody say it. Clear yeah, that means it's clear that it's come to an end. <laughs> How many of you have had trouble because it's not clear to you because you keep dragging your past with you? <clears throat> or that you keep relating to things like, I knew that because that's what you, that's how it all, that's how it always works. This is what's my life. This is how it, and we, we have trouble with this. Now listen, he said the, the key, the key to a reset is clear endings. 
That means when God brings an end to something, he brings an end to it. He says it in the book of Revelation, I, when I close the door, no man can open it. He's talking about our past. You, listen to me, people. God doesn't close doors to your opportunities and your dreams. He closes the door to your past that have tried to keep you from your opportunities and keep you from your dreams. And so what he does is, is, is it's clear endings. The old is gone, and then the second part of this is new beginnings. New beginnings means that God is bringing something into our lives. Now, what is the great challenge to these new beginnings? Because, I, I, listen to me, I know all of us want this new beginning. I believe you have a sincere desire to start this year off right and to do it like you've never done it before and to make this year the best. I believe it's not a lack of want to. It's not a lack of, of a desire to. It's not a lack of, 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 of even seeing that we need to. But you know what the big challenge is in getting a hold of this new thing? It's letting go of the old thing. Don't you, isn't the devil the master at bringing up your past? Do you ever notice the devil doesn't get hysterical? He gets historical. And when he gets historical, you get hysterical. Do you ever notice that the devil is really good at bringing up everything that he can to remind you of where you've been, to blind you from where you're going. And I, I, I was doing, this is going to be kind of a strange application. You've probably never, <laughs> this is strange. This, I'm not starting a new doctrine, bless you. I'm not trying to like twist scripture. I'm really not. I just, but I found this to be very, very interesting. In the 20th chapter of John, talking about the death of Jesus, you know, when in John, the 20th chapter, it says that, it says that uh, Peter and John got wind that something was happening out at the tomb of Jesus. And they ran a race, and actually Mary was the first one there in Mary Magdalene, Mary the prostitute, Mary who had a past, Mary who was captive and had been abused and been just terribly impacted by her past. Then she meets Jesus. Jesus gives this woman a reset. Say amen, somebody. They, the three of them are at the tomb. Peter and John race out to the tomb. They look in, and they see, it says that they see the napkin folded. They see the linens, everything there, but Jesus isn't in the tomb. And here's what's interesting. They run back. I'm not going to take, you should read the whole 20th chapter today. They run back. Mary stays at the tomb. 
She peeks her head in after those guys do, and it says she sees two angels. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. She actually gets to be the first eyewitness to Jesus in his resurrected body. This prostitute, his own disciples missed it. Put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. She looks in and she sees an angel at the head and an angel at the foot and the linen cloth and everything laying there. And she says to them, tell me, it says she's supposing them to be gardeners or what. She is all tore up and she's like, she's hysterical and she's like, tell me where you have laid him. And then it says Jesus who's standing behind her says, now listen, listen, he says, woman, why are you crying? Get this. He said, woman, kind of impersonal. Hey, lady, hey, lady, why are you crying? And she's like tore up and she says, they've moved the body of my Lord. And, 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 and she's broken and she's weeping and and then all of a sudden though Jesus says Mary Mary and she looked and she says oh master and she falls on him. Now get this. Wait, this is the, she falls on him and she's just beside herself. And Jesus says, don't, don't, don't touch me right now. Because I've not yet ascended. What Mary was holding on to, listen to this, was her past revelation, her past with Jesus. And Jesus said, I don't want you to see me like that, Mary. You need to see me in my ascended position. You need to see me in my new position. Because I'm going to my father and to your father. And I want you to go back and tell the disciples that you saw me. And I'm coming. And I'm, gonna, and I'm coming back. And I'm going to verify my resurrection And she went back to the disciples and told them. But here's the point of the story. There's some of you here today, you're holding on to a Jesus that's related to your past. And Jesus wants a new revelation. Uh, He wants you to get a hold of the new ascended Jesus. And the trouble is, you have a choice to make. Listen to me. Are you going to be a curator of the museum and tell me where God has done this in your life and God did this in my life? Listen to me. It's all great that God did this 10 years ago, 20 years ago, God did this. Are you just going to be a curator of the museum and tell me where God's been or are you going to get a hold of the ascended Jesus 
and tell me where Jesus is going. That's a nice little golf clap. Good shot. Listen to me. Listen. If you're holding on to something that Jesus did for you 15 years ago, and he's not active and alive in your life today, you need a reset. If you're holding on to a tradition and can tell me where Jesus has been, but you have no clue to what he's up to today, you need a reset. You see, the whole idea is we're starting this on January 2nd, 21 days for a reset. It involves prayer. You know what prayer is? Prayer is grabbing hold of Jesus. Fasting. What is fasting? It's letting go of everything that's not like him. This kind goes out not but by prayer and fasting. And then as we pray and we seek him, guess what's going to happen? We're going to come to a whole new level of living. We're going to live an ascended kind of life. The church, is, the church has got to get to this ascended kind of life because the world is watching us and they're saying, there's no difference between you and me. There's no difference in my attitude and your attitude. There's no difference in my systems than your systems. There's no difference in you between me. Why should I give my life to your Jesus? Because we need a reset. Touch me not, Mary. Don't touch me in that old way. I know you appreciate what I did for you, but now the old is... Mary, you can't live. You're not a prostitute anymore, Mary. I'll never look at you, and you will never be looked at again. Now, I've got a new beginning for you. The old is, I declare over you this morning, the old is gone. All of the things that have hounded you and keep nagging at you, those things that keep pressing you, Jesus says, they're gone, and I have new beginnings for you. I have something for you in an ascended kind of life that if you're in me and I'm in you, you can rise above all of this and walk in complete and total victory and overcoming power because my life in you will make a difference. Hallelujah. Every one of us really in this room today have been kicked in the teeth, fought devils, been discouraged, been betrayed, been hurt, been wounded. And you say, what does that, what does that, what does that mean? God has a reset for you. There's some of you sitting here, you think your life is over. I'm here to tell you God is just beginning. Can I just get, tell you, as, I'm going to be 62 in a few weeks. I thought my life in ministry was over earlier this year. Y'all heard me bear my heart in it. I was ready to run. I called it retirement. 
It was code for run. And you know what God did for me? He gave me a reset. I'm not done with you. Yeah, but God, I'm old. God, I'm old. He said, I do some of my best work when you hit 80. I said, let's go. Some of you, listen, you need, I tell you that because you have, the enemy's telling you, oh, the best is all behind you. I'm telling you, just like the wine of Cana, he has saved the best for last. And so here's the sad thing. Some of y'all are just 25 years old and you think your life's over. I'm here to tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. God just pushes the button. Well, first he pulls the cartridge out and he breathes on it. (sighs) Boom. (laughs) Bow your heads with me. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are gone. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come to the altar. Stand around this altar with me this morning. I'm going to ask you while your heads are bowed. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to whisper your name this morning. Even in your distress. Some of you came in here this morning and you've been thinking, I think I'm losing my mind. The enemy's been screaming at you circumstances are screaming at you. Life is screaming at you. Jesus. Has come and brought you to this place today. And he's saying. by name because he's a very personal savior he's a very personal God he knows what you're going through he knows what was going on in Mary's heart he knew the work and he knew the gratitude that was in her heart but he says Mary we're not going to stay back here in the museum of your past we're moving into your future your destiny and your hope. 
For I know the plans that I have for you, Mary. They're plans to bless you and to prosper you and to give you a hope and a purpose. And all you have to do is open your heart and let him push that reset button deep into your heart and say, I need you, Lord. Yeah, I need a reset. I need a reset in my heart and in my life, in my home, and in my calling. I need a reset, Lord, in me. I need a reset in my purpose. I need a reset in my direction. I don't want to beat as the, in the, at the air as a shadow boxer. Father, I just pray today. Wow. Sing that first verse, Amy. Let's all stand. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.